Hey y'all, it's K-Bird Tweets, and this is Peace, Love, and Baseball. Well, it's Tuesday, again. It's almost Groundhog Day, and it's absolutely the time of year where it feels like it's going to be cold, And it's going to be gray for the rest of all time here in middle America. But it also means that spring training is just a couple weeks away. And it also, also means that my new podcast, Babes Babes, is launching next week. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that, along with your weekly peace, love, and baseball, of course. I'll still be here every week. We are actually almost to six months of the podcast, which I got to say I am pretty proud of. And thanks for tuning in anytime, every time, whenever. Today, we've got another lovely special guest who is going to share her expertise and a few laughs with us. My friend Katie Hollinsworth, who I met doing theater like nearly half of our, half our lives ago at this point. She is here to answer your ask an esthetician questions. Yes, she is an expert in the beauty industry. And in fact, she owns her own business, which I just think is so cool and admirable. So we'll hear from her about that too. Katie is also a ballet dancer and a dance teacher. And that's still a big part of her life that we're going to hear about And Katie is even going to share some of her inside stories on dating in your 30s. Yeah. Yeah, we need her to start her own podcast on this because I am already liking, commenting, subscribing, and it doesn't exist yet. Okay. Well, that's enough of me blabbering on at you. Let's try less of that, maybe a little less of that, just this week, you know, and more of Katie. Come along on this skincare journey and so much more. Well, Katie, thanks for coming to hang out with me today. We're going to learn all about you and all of the things that there are to learn about you. Cause there's a lot to learn about you. You are a business owner. You are a skincare goddess. You are a brow expert. You are a beautiful and talented dancer and just an all around great hang. So I'm excited for our audience to get to know you and your many talents today. First things first, we're going to talk about you and your business that you started about a year and a half ago How did you find interest and passion for the beauty industry? How did you get into becoming an esthetician? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Honestly, I, so I grew up dancing. So my background is all dance and theater. So I always knew I wanted to work in just like dressing up and the fashion and the makeup and just that whole side of it, because I love that part of dance. And so I always knew I wanted to work in the beauty industry, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And of course, when you're a young kid, you're wanting to do everything. And I'll never forget my mom had a hairstylist and she went to her for so many years when I was younger and she just had the coolest salon. Like just, she just was a cool lady, cool vibe. And they gave you popcorn and Coca-Cola. And I don't know why, but that was just such a cool (laughs) thing. And I just remember being like, I want to do this but I didn't want to cut hair. I was like, can I just have the vibe of the hair salon without being a cosmetologist? I don't know. So then I just kept dancing and uh, then I got injured and took some time away from dance. And my parents were like, what are you going to do now? And I was like, well, I don't know. I thought I was gonna be a ballerina forever. (laughs) So I uh, always knew I wanted to work in that industry. And so my parents were like, well, let's go look at beauty school and see what there is. There's a great um, Chicochi University campus here in town. And so I went and toured and they're like, oh, you don't have to do hair. If you like the, you know, makeup and skin and stuff, you can do aesthetics. And I was like, what? Sign me up. That's it. So, yeah. So it kind of just like worked out. I always feel like one door closes and another opens. And so that sure. dance led me to that, like passion and love for dressing up essentially. And then yeah. the aesthetics just kind of won me over with everything else. Well, and it's very much still in that creative space. 
I think yes. you did a great job of kind of telling us how that goes hand in hand. Cause yeah. <laughs> I naturally would think of that. Like, yeah, those things go together, like being a performer and being an esthetician, but you did a good job of <laughs> making that perfectly adhesive for us. <laughs> so you worked for a couple companies, kind of learned the ropes for a number of years, but you started your own business, as I mentioned, about a year and a half ago. What inspired you to go out on your own and become a business owner? Yeah, it was um, many, many nights of like pros and cons list because I was like, okay, I feel like I was starting to, um, I don't want to say like hit a wall. Cause I always knew I wanted to keep in this industry, but I kind of felt like I was at each of my jobs that I had prior. I was, I hit the top, you know, it was like, yeah. okay, I built my client tell up where's the next challenge. Cause I am a busy body. I need to be working. I need to be doing something. I need something to be challenging. I want to work towards something. I'm a planner. So I kind of was just like, okay, what's the next step for me? Is it, um, a different position at another location or whatever. And my uh, three owners of the salon that I work at, well, I rent space from them. They are just such three incredible women that are passionate and they know how to inspire and drive. And I met them and they were like, yeah, you could totally do this. Like when I was interviewing, kind of just figuring out if I even wanted to rent my own space and how to even do that. And they were just like, no, you can do this. You need to do it. It's the best thing ever. And so their guidance really helped me, you know, say, okay, fine. I'm going to finally do it. Cause like I said, it was many, many months of going like, can I do this? Can I not? I don't know. Cause it's such an investment and totally. with aesthetics, there's so much, um, equipment that you have to invest right. in that is quite pricey. And then anything that comes down to like the little mascara brush to waxing sticks to your linens, like anything there is to just even a simple candle that you need for the room is just all the little details that I kind of was like, I don't know if I can do it. So they really were the ones that helped inspire me in addition to, of course, like my family and friends and then my rep. So shout out to Sorella Apothecary, my skincare line that I use, my rep for the brand. She, when I contacted her to, um, carry the line. She was just super helpful and was also, again, just like holding my hand and was like, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you say so. And so I have to give her a lot of credit for inspiring me because it, it was a big jump, but it was worth it. And I, I love every second of it. And the challenge is every day and it's awesome. And like I was saying earlier, the, there's a reel that says I didn't want to work a nine to five job. I wanted to work for myself. So now I work 24 seven and yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, and I love that. And I think that's, what's kind of the fun part about running your own business, but like essentially making your own brand. The experience, like you're, yes, you're creating an experience. <laughs> there is more to it than just the service, but that is what differentiates you in any kind of space, right? Yeah. Is like people come back to places where they're like, I don't know what it is about this place, but it just makes me feel good when I'm here. Just like you were talking about the salon that you grew up going to, like yeah. there's just something about the space and they don't need to know all of those little intricacies that you've thought about, but you have thought about them and that's yeah. what ultimately creates it. I think it's cool too. Cause one of the things that you and I definitely have in common is we're like both creative, but also very like analytical kind of type A, like planners. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's really what makes you able to do both sides of it. I managed a full service spa for years and I worked with many amazing estheticians, but they never wanted to go out on their own because I did all the business side of it. Right. And they loved that. Yeah. But you, the way you're talking about it right now, it's like, yeah, you, you can think about it all. You can handle it all. And when you realize that you can do that, it's like, why not? Yeah. Because there's things that like, as the consumer that I want. And so I make sure that I can give that to my clients that sometimes when you're working at another establishment or, or working for somebody, you can't always do that. Right. Cause mm -hmm. you have to follow their protocol or whatever. So the freedom is, um, is incredible. <laughs> Would you say that that's the best part of owning your own business? I think, yeah, I, honestly, I will say, yeah, just be the freedom for everything. So the freedom of making your own schedule. So you have a better work-life balance, um, the freedom to provide the services that you want to provide. But I think that freedom also comes just from like years of grinding as well. Oh, absolutely. I, was, I 
again, when I talk to you new estheticians, they're always like, I want to go on my own. I want the freedom and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to say you have to earn it, but I feel like sometimes it's like, it can be overwhelming to have too much freedom For sure. as well. So it's like, you know, go work, learn, see what you like and what you don't like. And yeah. then take into the business. Cause that's one thing I will say, like all the jobs I had before, even outside of the aesthetic industry, like there's stuff from my serving days when I was at um, old Chicago working, serving pizza that I'm like, man, that was so great. We used to do that. I'm going to do that in my business. Yeah. Whatever that. Um, yeah. So everything is, you know, a learning experience for sure. Very cool. Okay. That's the best part is the freedom. What's the worst part? Oh, that's a good one. Or the um, toughest part, I guess. The biggest challenge <laughs> is a, yeah, a, a better, better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, I think right now it's just the turning it off is just to like, I'm trying really to be better about like putting do not disturb on my phone um, because I do so much on social media and I'm not complaining by any means. Like, I don't mind if somebody messages me at 10 o'clock, but I'm trying my better self now to be like, I don't need to respond to that at 10 o'clock. Like mm-hmm. I can do that tomorrow morning or whatever the case is. So I think just finding the the off button is what I'm finding challenging. I can absolutely relate to that as <laughs> not someone who ran, I guess my own business, but ran a business. Yeah, it's, you get There's it, so much like urgency there and you want to be at everyone's, you know, beck and call. You want to be available to them. Yeah, you want to be able to help them. That best customer service moment. Right. And, um, you know, I'm a people pleaser too. So it's like, okay, yes, of course, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's times even I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, that's why she's having the acne or something, you know, <laughs> she was doing that. And it's like, oh my gosh, Katie, <laughs> I always joke with my clients. I'm like, yeah, no, I like, I'm thinking about your skin at night. Like, it's, right. <laughs> it's totally normal. That's amazing. That's why people keep coming back to you though, for sure. <laughs> Okay. So I put out to our listeners that they could, you know, ask an esthetician when we have an expert like you here, I think it just makes sense that we take full advantage of it. So I'm excited to hear your take on some of these things too. I'm just gonna, I think we got a handful of them here and I'm just gonna ask for your advice and have you give us a little insight if you don't mind. I just want to say thank you to um, everyone for actually you know, dropping some of those questions too. That's fun. I love, I love educating people. So this is my favorite part. (laughs) This is an educational podcast, Katie. We like to give actionable advice (laughs) here. So I'm excited. Okay. The first one is asking for the best treatment for brown spots. Will you tell us what brown spots are and how you get them first? Yes. Yep. I actually don't know. It's a a great question. Uh, So brown spots are essentially pigmentation. So it can be anything from um, like a sunspot. So as you age that, let's say you had a really bad burn or you were in the sun a lot when you were younger, as you age, that pigment will come up to the surface. And so sometimes that will turn into just like maybe single spots, um, melasma that a lot of times will happen as well. Um, They call it the pregnancy mass that people get um, when they're pregnant Mm. too. Um, but yeah, it's essentially it's pigmentation. And so it could also happen from like, if you had trauma to the skin, whether it was acne and picked at it, or, um, maybe even a cut that didn't heal properly. And it was again, exposed to that sun, it will turn that and turn it into like a brown spot. So the best thing to do, it's always kind of tricky because everyone's different. So my best advice always would be like consult with your esthetician and have someone look at your skin. But I would look into a chemical peel because what's mm-hmm. happening with a chemical peel is it's increasing the cell turnover and which is causing that pigment to come to the surface and eventually slough away. So sometimes the, the dark spot will actually get darker before it gets better. Just really increasing exfoliation is going to be the best, but chemical peel, um, and then using products that would be known to brighten. So brightening agents, serums, for those that may not know what a serum is, it's, um, a product that is very concentrated of an ingredient. It's usually a little bit thinner. So I always say, think of that as a treatment. That's what you're going to put down first before any type of moisturizer. Okay. So it goes deeper and, um, I could throw out like ingredients you want to look for, but a brightening serum, would be your best at home and then going and seeing somebody to get a chemical peel. Yeah. Cause the chemical peel has to be done professionally, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't buy anything off of Amazon. Don't do any TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> trials at home. Go see a professional. 
uh, it's going to be well worth it and it's going to be safer and controlled. And then, if, you know, your SPF is uh, it, the best thing you can honestly use. SPF for everything. I talk about it all the time. I think I annoy every person I ever coming into account. It's with. important. It is. It, SPF is your BFF. I say it all the time. <laughs> um, but that also will then prevent like future spots. And then when you're correcting the current spots, you don't want those to get worse. So using the SPF. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> SPF is your BFF. We all need to remember that. I had a chemical peel done years ago when I was working in the industry and it was more accessible to me, but it was totally worth it and very effective. So I love that recommendation. Check it out. Have you heard of Skin Medica? Mm-hmm. Is that still around? Okay. That's like the brand that, that I did. All right. Our second listener question is asking about the effectiveness of vitamin C products in skincare. What can you tell us about vitamin C products? <laughs> Very important. They provide you some great antioxidants. So again, another great um, anti-aging product that you would want to use, um, not just when you get older either. You want to start that fairly early-ish, you know, definitely your 20s. But the best thing I can say is you want to, so a lot of products will say like, oh, it's got vitamin C in your cleanser. It's got vitamin C in your moisturizer. It's got vitamin C in this. You want to try and find the purest form, again, going to like a vitamin C serum because it's going to have the highest percentage and that's going to penetrate deeper into the skin and it's not going to have to work with other ingredients to fight and actually treat it. And honestly, you really only need to use vitamin C during the day because our body can only absorb so much of it. And then it just kind of, yeah, it's just like overdosing essentially, but the daytime it's going to be because you're going to get those antioxidants, which will fight against free radical damage, environmental stresses, other things that are kind of like pollution just floating around. So spend the money on get like a very potent vitamin C, use it just during the day and it will last you a long time. Gotcha. So just once a day during the day. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, there's so many products out there, so I don't want anyone to come back and be like, well, my product says, (laughs) sure. But, but in general advice, I always give my clients is vitamin C during the day. And then your vitamin A, which is your retinol would be at night because they don't like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What is vitamin C like best, best for what does Um, it do? It will help with brightening the skin. Um, but essentially it's those antioxidants. So it's just, um, making the skin, I always like to say like your barrier, it makes it stronger so it can fight against more things. So you're not having that pollution Mm. that's going to age you. Um, You know, especially a lot of people that live in cities, they have a lot of like smoke and all that stuff. Vitamin C is going to help them uh, not get that, you know, weathered look. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. There are a ton of vitamin C products out there. I'm guessing our listener who asked this must you know, be seeing a lot of them on the shelves or it was recommended to them and they're like, but why? You'll see it in everything. So that's why sometimes people are like, oh, I'm using a vitamin C. It's in my cleanser. And it's like, okay, yeah. great. But it's not actually really staying on the skin and treating it as it would with like a separate product. Right. Okay. In that makes opinion. sense. Yeah. This is a really good one. And this is one I have actually dealt with in the past too. So I'm super curious about it. Is there anything that can be done to treat milia in the skin? Will you tell us what milia is first? And then- yeah what we could possibly do to better that situation? Yeah. So I actually get milia. So it's it's a good question for sure. So essentially um, the best way I describe it to a lot of people is, so you have a pore and when the pore gets clogged, it then oxidizes and turns into a blackhead. If the that doesn't get extracted or you're not exfoliating, it's going to form over with dead skin that then forms into a whitehead. So milia is a little different. Instead of it being in the pore, it's actually out on the surface. So a lot of times it's a buildup of the dead skin cells. It could even be like a buildup of proteins. It's It kind of becomes like a little ball that sits right on the surface where your other whiteheads, blackheads, pimples are underneath the skin. Gotcha. So milia are a little bit harder to get rid of because they're hard and you can't just pop it because that skin has built up over it. Yeah. Learned that the hard way, Katie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's something on your skin and you oh, try yeah. to get it out and it can't come out, this is what it is. Yes. What can and we do? So, like, <laughs> you have to be careful too, because so many times if you try to extract it, you can actually cause more damage to the skin mm. um, because they're so hard. 
So again, you want to go see a professional uh, because a professional, so the state of Illinois is a little bit different. If you aren't working under a um, like medical advisor, you can't use a Lancet. So normally mm-hmm. you would have to go and see a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, and they would use a Lancet of some sort to extract it. If you're in other states, your anesthetician can go and do it as well. So depending on who's listening, where mm-hmm. you're at, but you go see a professional, they will help get rid of it. Something else that you can do at home to prevent future ones, as well as sometimes even get rid of, like I had one that was like on my cheek and I just used a gentle exfoliation and retinol. And over time it was able to slough away and soften. And then I was able to safely extract it. But yeah, so you essentially to help at home is to use a retinol, a low dose, and that's going to help increase cell turnover. And then just also trying not to use a lot of thick, heavy products. Mm. So meaning a lot of times we see milia around the eye area. Yeah. So that's caused from maybe too thick of an eye cream, mm-hmm. maybe switch to an eye gel because those are thinner, still going to give you great benefits, but it's not going to be as heavy for your skin as well as moving to like maybe a thinner concealer or making sure that you're removing that concealer. Cause it could be that buildup over time because we wear long wearing products. Yeah. If you're just doing a quick wash, it may not actually go. And over time it's going to build and cause the milia. Okay. Next one. How often should I get a facial to really make it worth it? Ooh, it kind of changes a little bit depending on your concern and as well as kind of your desire too. But I say four to six weeks because your cell turnover. So I keep saying cell turnover and people are probably like, what the heck is that? As we get older, as we, I like to say mature, think of your skin is in like layers of cornflakes. So as we get, as we mature, we don't slough away those cornflakes as quickly as we did when we were younger. So sure. they just keep building on top of each other and they get dry and built and like the dead skin cell just sits there. Yeah. So when you look at someone that's older versus like a baby skin, that baby skin is so soft because that cell turnover is so much quicker than it is when you're older. So you want to speed that up so that you get those results. So you're getting that plump skin. You're, those fine lines are coming to the surface and not staying as deep. So four to six weeks is kind of a standard. If you were trying to correct a problem, if you had, let's say, a lot of acne or a lot of blackheads um, or even just a lot of fine lines and wrinkles and you're trying to help that you would maybe need to come every two to three weeks, depending on your treatment. Like sometimes you have to come more frequent with a chemical peel or microneedling. But the biggest thing I always like to say is that four to six weeks is the, the little cushion. And sometimes that's not in everybody's budget or that time. So then you kind of find a good re- routine with your esthetician. So like I have some clients that come every other month, but they are on a strict home care because it's an 80-20 rule. of it is home care. 20% is the treatment room. We love the 80-20 rule here at the Peace, Love, and Baseball podcast, Katie. It's like, I I don't know if you have heard (laughs) me talk about it before, but we love that rule. So way to just really bring it home there. Love that. Okay. that You actually like answered the second part of the question was, which is, is it still worth it to get facials less frequently if I can't go regularly? Oh, there we go. Well, I feel like that kind of always goes hand in hand because that's usually the big question that people have. And I always like to, when I have a new client come in for their skin journey, I like to call it, um, we, you know, talk about that sometimes it's going to be a longer process to correct something, but then also just to stay, you know, preventing any other issues and whatnot. So it's kind of your time commitment, what works with your lifestyle, your budget, but it all just comes down to if you can't come as often, that's fine but make sure you're doing everything that you can at home so that when you come in to see me, we're not going six steps back. Like I'm not saying all the time, oh, we have to do this and this and this. We can move forward because you kept up with X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it's still worth it then to come in and see you so you can not only give the treatment, but then you can tell us what to do at home, even if we can't come see you again for a while. Right. Well, because your skin changes too. So, you know, you see me, one month and then three months later and you were doing all the home care and it's like, okay, great. I saw the difference or, Hey, it's not, it's not working. Let's try something different. Yeah. So that's why it is still so important to see an esthetician because there's things that we do that 
you can't do at home, or um, we will stimulate different facial muscles that will help and the whole thing. So uh, facials just feel really amazing too. Yeah. Like if you haven't had a facial before, it's just so, oh. I honestly think I've had, because I was fortunate enough to work in the industry, I had accessibility to it and worked with a lot of really talented therapists, both on the massage and the esthetician side. And I have had many amazing massages and facials, but honestly, I would say the most relaxing treatment I've ever had is a facial. Yeah. That's what it's, a lot of people say. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. Okay. Last listener question for now. What is the best bang for your buck? with skincare products? There's so many out there. So this is a really good question. Like if you are like, okay, I've got this amount of money to spend on my skincare. What products do we definitely need? I guess let's start with like types of products. And then if you have brand recommendations, that'd be awesome too. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So what I always tell my clients, you want to invest in the treatments. So a cleanser and a moisturizer are, are crucial. You need to do that. But I'd rather you spend the money and get the really great vitamin C that we talked about or the very great um, exfoliation and stuff, like those extra little things that are going to make a difference. And then, you know, maybe go to like a lesser value or whatever to your cleanser and moisturizer. It's not saying those aren't important, but if you had to go straight towards your serums, your eye cream, any type of exfoliator. It would be like treatments, exfoliators, um, cleanser, moisturizer, mask. Gotcha. So got to have a cleanser and a moisturizer, but okay to go with maybe a little more economical one if it means you can spring for the better serum. Yes. Or like eye cream, stuff like that. Yeah. Just because those are going to be things that are staying on your skin longer and Mm. they're going to penetrate deeper. And those are usually what is also a little bit higher in cost because of the and the ingredient and how potent they are. So it's almost better to invest in that little bit higher product because you're going to get more and you're not going to have to use as much where your cleanser and moisturizer, you're going through a lot faster. So as long as those aren't, you know, working against them either, like you don't use, you know, I hate to say it, but you don't want to go use Dove soap and then use a really good (laughs) serum. Then you're just, you know, they're just, they're canceling each other out a little bit. But but yes, there's, there's a lot of different ones on the market for brand recommendations. It's so tricky because again, I, I want to give some, but it's every brand is different and every person's different. So that's a little bit trickier. I try to tell everyone just to go to a professional and they usually have different tiers in their spa. But a lot of times what happens with mainstream stores or like the big name brands that will have like a makeup line and a skincare line is they usually use a lot of fillers and fragrance. So sometimes that causes more sensitivities and issues because I will have a lot of people be like, but I went and spent a lot of money on this moisturizer from, you know, XYZ store Mm -hmm. and I have a rash and I'm like, well, what is it? And I look at it and I'm like, it's full of so much fragrance. So it's better to kind of stay in more of that professional medical grade if you if you can. Yeah. And there's tiers of price point. It's not all just very expensive. So. Right. The thing that I've learned too, which you kind of touched on here about investing in skincare products is one, that they really are worth it, but two, that they last a lot longer than you think they will. So if yes. you're like, man, I really, this is like really expensive for this little bottle it's going to last you six months, maybe even a year. Like they last a lot longer. It, it goes a little bit, goes a long way, I guess is what I've And when I've you really start breaking down the cost of it too, it sometimes comes to like 50 cents or less even for every use you use on it. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, you're going to get so many uses of it, but break it down. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different approaches on that, but it is very important to, um, yeah, just look at ingredients and sometimes that can be overwhelming. And so, you know, shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy to help. (laughs) Yes. We're going to drop your social, your socials in the show notes, uh, because you do have really great resources that you provide on your social media. Even if people can't come see you in person, if they're not in central Illinois, I just love educating. And so I've gotten into the whole reels. And so some of them can be very funny, but I like to always think that I hope people are walking away from it with some, Oh, Hey, that's a, that's a good tip. Or, you know, I'm going to wear that SPF because <laughs> you're just in the back of their minds now. 
I'm definitely going to hear you saying SPF is your BFF every time before I go outside now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. This is a random question just from me and it's okay if you don't have an answer to this, but do you have like a client success story, you know, uh, had a really impactful skin journey with them that you would share with us? do. So it's hard when you do um, change jobs and stuff because you usually can't like tell your clients where you're going sometimes, sure. due to, you know, different contracts or whatever. So I did have this one client at, that I worked with and um, he was the sweetest older gentleman. So it's kind of funny because a lot of people are like, what? He was like one of your best clients. He was, he was someone that was, he knew the importance of self-care. He was retired. He was a regular with his massages. He had gotten a couple facials before I had met him in a lobby um, at the place I was working with. He was getting a different service and I was new to building my books. And I was like, hi, my name is Katie. I'm the new esthetician here and blah, blah, blah. Um, Would you be interested in trying out a new service? And he was like, I already had one. It was the worst thing ever. And like, just shot me down. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I was already like very nervous going up to him. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's just like, well, who's this guy? But I wanted to, you know, make sure I touched every person and asked, but so then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, in the service that I provide, um, I, that's not what we do X, Y, Z. So he's like, okay, fine. I'll try it. Why not? And he was like, wow, I did not know this was all entailed. Like he never had a hand and arm massage when his mask was processing. He never had a shoulder massage when we were doing this. And so he was just really surprised. So long story, he um, kept up with his facial every four weeks and it was probably a couple months before I was leaving. He didn't know I was leaving or anything, but just one day he was like, I just wanted to tell you, he's like, sometimes I didn't know if this was really like, I wasn't really seeing a lot of results. He's like, but I knew it was important to keep doing it. He's like, I, um, I looked in the mirror today and I was happy. Aww. And I like literally basically started crying. I was yeah. like, he's like, you made me happy looking in the mirror at myself. He's like, I never really like liked myself before. And I was like, oh my God, who is paying you to say this right now? Because right. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like the way he was just, he's like, yeah, like I don't have like the bags under my eyes anymore. Like my skin tone's more even. Um, he's just like, I like to look in the mirror now and that's all on you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was just like, I changed his idea of, you know, the service, which was, a you know, yeah. um, he, you know, kept up with his stuff and over time he saw the results and yeah. So well, it's really cool too, that you were able <laughs> to like, yeah, provide worth to him from something he didn't even know yeah. that he needed or wanted. Yeah. Well, and that's like the funny too, you know, like you don't hear a lot of guys. Well, I feel like now there's a lot of males that want to work on their skin because they're understanding the importance because, you know, there's so much skin knowledge out there, but it was just really fun. Like this older gentleman he reminded me so much of my dad. And so I think that's why I also enjoyed him as a client. I was just like, man, you're so cool. Um, we talked about TV all the time. It was great, but Yeah. So it was just kind of cool. Like somebody I never would have expected. That's a great story. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking too uh, before we started recording that uh, you mentioned you do think that there has been kind of this change in society as a whole of like just prioritizing self-care and the importance of taking time out for for things like this for truly like longevity and health and wellness. So that's cool to hear. Do you think you see like a, a larger variety of clientele since the pandemic in the last few years? Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a little bit trickier because I feel now that I'm solo, so many of my clients are referrals. And so it's a lot of times like their friend, their family. So yeah. <laughs> it's different and diverse, but like, it's still kind of that same like range of people. But I do find that I, I find that the younger generation is so into skincare because of, I can't even say YouTube anymore. It's, it's TikTok. It's all these TikTok <laughs> and influencers and stuff, you know, cause I feel like for a while it was YouTube makeup tutorials. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, it's like this younger generation, like my students all the time are like, Oh, Miss Katie. So I do this and this and this. Cause they all know I'm an esthetician and they're like, Oh, right. I do this. I do eye mask and I, I jade roll and I ice roll. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you don't need to do any of that. Your skin is like, <laughs> you're 12. So great to see that they are passionate and excited and they're starting it early. So I will say, I do find before, you know, is maybe always, I don't know, like you're retired, 
you know, ladies or getting ready for your wedding. Like that's when I was really good about. Right. (laughs) And so now it's like, I, yeah, it's kind of just all over the market with different people and the, the different generations I feel like is the big thing. That's kind of fun to see. Yeah. That is really interesting. What are some of your favorite services to do besides facials? What else do you offer? Yeah. So brows are my bread and butter. I am the brow doctor and I've always done brows after working for benefit for so many years. That's all I did. And so I will always love doing brow services, but uh, yeah, I think I just, I love doing facials and my facials are all customized. So meaning I don't have it where it's just like the anti-aging facial or the oily facial. It's all to your skincare needs and your concerns. And there's so many different modalities that you can do like LED light therapy and high frequency. There's so many fun things to do. And so I kind of just like being a little mixologist and just, and like, also we kind of joke in the SC world, we always say, um, what a skin detective. I think that is kind of what I like about my facials is that I can just, I don't really know what (laughs) I know what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I'm doing until I get on the table, do the skin analysis. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to tailor it this way. We're going to do this. We're going to throw a little this, a little that, a little hocus pocus, and you're going to look great. (laughs) That that is the sign of a a really good professional though. You have the knowledge to be able to adapt with it on the fly. My husband and I talk about that a lot in terms of like, even when, whether I'm teaching a group class or like he's with a personal training client, like no, I thought about what I was going to do with you before. Of course, like I have a plan, but I also have enough like experience and expertise that I can make it more personalized. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you say that, like that makes perfect sense. And I think you also being able to customize for each person has to be another perk of being on your own. Right. Because in a lot of spas, like you have to follow pretty strict mm-hmm. guidelines of what products you can use at this price point and, or what products you even have available to you. So that's really cool. It's yeah, definitely a it's, perk of. It is. And it's, it's just really nice to be able to offer that to the client, but then also it makes, um, makes my job a little more fun too. Cause everything's different. Like my day today was totally different than yesterday and it's going to be totally different than tomorrow. Yeah. Doing brows all the time as well. So that's the fun part is too. Oh, I got to share my brow story is that I didn't have my brows done for the first time until I was probably like 25 or 26. And my deep dark secret is that I have like white blonde brows for real, which you probably know because you knew me then. But (laughs) I had them like now I tint them and I had them like shaped and tinted for the first time when I was like 25 ish. And I was mortified at first because I just looked so different, you know, like everybody was like, oh my God, it looks amazing. And I was like, I feel like I look like Eugene Levy. Like I look so different and it like took me days to get used to it, but I stuck with it. And I will say like, I booked some really big theater gigs shortly after that. And I feel like it made my face look so much more defined and it just, it really, and now when they get too light, I'm like, oh my God, it's time to go get tinted again because, and, and shaped and all that. Cause it just makes such a big difference. And it might be one of those things where like, you know, my husband is like, I don't know, your brows like fine to me. And I'm like, no, I need (laughs) them done. Trust me. (laughs) Like, yeah, you don't notice, but you do notice. Trust me. (laughs) That's what I tell my clients all the time. Like, especially if I get like a new client and they're kind of like, wait, how much is this? Like, or what are you going to do? And it's a, how long of an appointment? I'm like, just trust me. It's a whole thing. It's very important. I map it out. It's to your structure and blah, 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 blah. And then they leave and they're like, oh my gosh, my life has forever changed. And then they're like, they always threaten me and they're like, you can never move. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, okay. There is so much more to think about with it than, yeah, yeah. than the untrained person yeah, would it's know. It's not just like a quick wax out the door. It's, you know, there's, I always joke that I hated um, geometry in school. And so I feel like I need to go back and apologize to my math teacher. <laughs> Because I now work so many like different angles and right yeah. side of your nose to the top and through the pupil. And it's just, it's so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was going to use this, but here we life. are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Shout out to geometry teachers everywhere. Here is a real life use for geometry. <laughs> Making us look good every day with a little bit of math. 
Okay, Katie, so you did mention that you are also a beautiful and skilled dancer. Well, you mentioned you're a dancer, but I know that you're beautiful and skilled. <laughs> I appreciate How, that. You mentioned also that you teach dance still. So obviously mm-hmm. that's part of what's keeping you in the dance world. But tell us about that. How do you keep your love and passion for dance alive along with your other professional career? Yeah. So I have just like always identified myself as a dancer when you have done it for so many years that I was fortunate. I was able to start teaching when I was 16 as a little part-time job. And I just remember doing it because it was like more time at the studio. So I was like, cool, I get paid to be here longer. Why not? And it just kind of stuck with it. Like there's like this passion of education that I like. And I like seeing that light bulb that goes off with my students, whether it's the little ones to the advanced dancers that I work with now. Um, So it's one of those things that I kind of became obsessed with it. And then just as I'm getting older, I'm finding more just different ways to um, use that in my everyday life. And I don't know. I just I love it. It's just one of those things I was when I stopped dancing and retired, I kind of went through a little bit of an identity crisis. I was kind of like, totally. Yeah. Am I? Because all my social media was like ballet Katie. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? I'm not ballet Katie anymore. So, um, I wanted to make sure I kept it in my life because it brings so much passion. And now I find that it's just a really nice creative outlet for me because I go and I teach and I teach my four hours and I am there. Like, Everything is silence. I'm not looking at my phone. I am so focused in the studio with my students that it's kind of cool that I can, like, you know, like I said, turn off that aspect of not even just the business, but like personal and whatever. Yeah. You walk into the studio and nothing else matters. And so it's kind of become more therapeutic for me um, that I can just kind of release and it's just, it's fun and it's home. It is home for me. I've been at the same studio since I moved to this area and started training with them. I grew up in the school. There's really no one there anymore that like would have known me from like a younger age, but it's just, there's something so special about it. And I just, yeah, I I just hope I never have to not be involved in it. I'm going to be like a really crazy stage mom probably if I have children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm worried about that myself. But I don't know. There's something so beautiful about the art form. And so, um, yeah, I just, I love to keep it alive in my, um, in myself. Cause it's part of me. I have seen my students grow up. So there's some kids that, I mean, now they're like entering college, which is the scary part. There were some <laughs> of my first students yeah. and so that's like really weird to even see. And so I'm the youngest. And so it's kind of fun in my family, I'm the youngest. And so I kind of always say, um, they're like the little siblings I never had. Yeah. Home. Um, but it's just kind of fun to see them on that journey and stuff too. So yeah, I like that. Right. To be able to contribute to their lives the same way yeah. that your teachers did to you when you were growing yeah. up. Okay. So here's the part that maybe I'm most excited about, which we yeah. have yet to even touch on. We may have a future podcast to look forward to as you might just someday open up us up to the world of dating in your 30s. <laughs> I'm really excited to pick your brain on this because I think it is such a relatable topic and it's something that you know I personally would enjoy. I think many people could connect with and enjoy. Do you mind sharing a story or two with us today? <laughs> of course. A little sample. I'm just like, you know, your bachelorette, right? <laughs> you always tune in every week to watch and Exactly. Tell you some funny stories. The more dramatic, the better. I share. I share this one a lot, but it's more just because I hope I'm not the only one that has experienced this. But okay, so when you do, if if those of you that may not understand online dating or have not had to do any of that, you're essentially going on blind dates. I mean, you have a profile, you see their picture, you talk a little bit or whatever. I uh, was always a little nervous to meet the person. Cause I'm, I'm really good at faces, but there's something different. And I hate to say this, but also guys do not know how to take pictures of themselves or mm. in my opinion, pick the picture for their profile, because a lot of times they don't look like the picture or there's that. like a picture from five years ago. And then when you meet them, you're like, you have a beard and you're great. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not 25 anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had said we were going to meet at this restaurant and he had texted me and was said, Hey, I'm here. I'll just meet for meet you outside, like by the door. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm parking now. 
So I'm parked and the restaurant is like, there's a restaurant and then there's a street in front of it and then like a sidewalk and then a railroad track and the parking lot. The reason I'm telling you all that is because I get out of the car, I'm walking across and there's this guy that's standing by the railroad track. And at first I'm kind of like, oh, strange man, run away. Um, I was like, okay. So I kept walking and I walked the street and I'm walking like up to the restaurant and I don't see the guy. And so I'm like, was he the guy by the railroad track? I was like, he was kind of far. Oh, no. So I like turned around and I kind of started walking towards the guy by the railroad track. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And I'm kind of like a little blind, like at night, I feel like. So the guy kind of like walks towards me and looks at me and is like, what? And I was like, hey. And during this moment, the guy that I was supposed to be meeting comes around the corner and is like, hey. And I was like, oh, my God. So I walked up to the wrong gentleman. I feel like that has to happen a lot because as you were talking about people putting pictures that don't look like them, especially guys like, yes, that has to be an extremely well, relatable so thing. In my head, I'm just like, okay, he's going to be outside. And there's like nobody else around either. Right. So it's funny. So then when I walked up to the guy, he was like, yeah, so like, how's it going? He kind of like looked at me like, well, you know, like what, what was going on over there? And I was like, oh, I thought I knew that guy. Like, <laughs> I thought that was one of my friends. <laughs> and now I will make a point to either get to my date like 10 minutes early so that I will be the one sitting. Yeah. Or it sounds terrible. Or I go like five, sometimes 10 minutes late and just be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm running late. So that I hope that they have already like sat down. Yeah. Chances that there's gonna be like one other male sitting at the restaurant waiting for somebody. Right. So yeah, that does have to be. <laughs> yeah, that has to be like the that's what I was just gonna say. That has to be the most like nerve-wracking part of it is the actual like first time meeting in person, just because yeah, you already the sheer it, logistics like, of oh, it. Hope you like me, you know. Yeah. And then add the extra stress of is this the person I met online? Or or worse, right. you could be catfished. Yep. That's a thing. You never know. Is there ever been a time where you've like had a date? set up with someone and something happened where you were like yeah no never mind I don't don't want to do this like canceled pre-date yeah or or like the first date was so bad you were like oh never again oh well that was gonna be my next story (laughs) go for it going into it I was kind of like okay like this isn't maybe the like my type I guess but I'm always open to every person and whatnot so I uh was kind of already like a little like nervous going into it because I was like I don't know this guy man whatever so I go to the restaurant and um he is in the booth I do a little he does a little wave I walk over and I was expecting him to like stand up maybe like a handshake a hug a high five something (laughs) right nothing that's fine so I like slide into the my side of the booth and I was just like okay cool And, and um it starts, I had known he, 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 um, was an electrician. So he like was working outside. So he like, was kind of like dealing with like a head cold. And I was like, Oh, you don't sound bad. Like, cause he had mentioned like, Oh, I may sound bad tonight. And I was like, no, I don't think you sound bad at all. And he was like, well, your voice sounds worse than mine. Cause I have a deep voice. And I was just like, okay, like, that's not what I meant. But like, okay. <laughs> so right there, I was like, strike two. Yeah. <laughs> you already like, made me feel bad about myself the whole day just like I feel like from there it was just like going downhill but the craziest part of this whole thing we're sitting there we're talking middle conversation like I'm talking just like how you're and he just stands up and walks to the bathroom (laughs) like not like hey I'll be right back or like hey I'm sorry or like some no just literally stands up and walks and I was like did he like leave like I literally thought I was being punked I was like like where you know I'm being punked right now this guy's walking out on the date and I saw him go to the bathroom I'm like, what the heck so then he comes back and he's like he literally went to go blow his nose <laughs> but this is the real kicker he kept doing that like four times during the date oh. and it was always when I was in the middle of like saying something so wouldn't it be like you know like a little dull in the conversation because you right. know where it back no just gets up and walks away and I was just like okay so every time he was going to the bathroom I like took my phone out and I'm like texting my friends I'm like what do I do right now like I'm so confused like is like is this normal like what and they're like you just leave just leave just leave and I'm like I'm not just gonna leave because I yeah. believe in 
all the karma and I want good dating karma. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And you don't want to be like, I don't know. I certainly, even when someone's being really rude to me, I like, can't do it back. I just can't. It does. Two wrongs don't make a right. You know? Exactly. So I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Day happens. The bill comes and he like disappears. I'm like, what, what the heck? I'm like, is he expecting me to pay for the, (laughs) the check right now? And I was just like, kind of like a little bratty. I was like, I'm not paying for this. I'm like, this is like the worst date. Like, yeah. (laughs) So then I waited like the last time forever and he finally came out and then he sat there for the longest time. And like, I just wanted to go. And so then finally, like he paid the bill. And so I'm like, okay, so we're walking out and he does this like weird, like side arm hug thing. And was Mm -hmm. like, this was a great time. Um, I'll like, I'll text you. And I was like, okay or don't <laughs> so oh, no. that's my story of is there ever been a date that you wanted to not be there and that was that <laughs> yeah but like, it was just so weird and it was just one of those things where I was just like is this really happening like what right like I have no reason to think that you should be this socially awkward but you really clearly don't know how to be just like generally polite right now <laughs> Right. And then of course, you know, as a typical female, it's like, is it me? Did I do it? Yeah. Like, am I the problem? <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to send me a message here? Like, yeah. yeah are my conversations the... that boring? Yeah. Or... I think that's the worst part of stuff like that is, is yeah. You're like being introspective about it. Like what could I do differently oh. in this scenario? Well, that's the hardest part I think in any relationship and anything you do in life. But I think that is the hardest with dating and especially now with just the apps, it's like a quick swipe to the next person. So it's either you're talking on the app and then they ghost you or you go on one date and then they ghost you. And you're just like, wait, what, 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 what happened? (laughs) Like, and you're not, you know, you don't necessarily need someone to be like every five seconds, like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, it's not you, it's me. I'm just not looking for something or whatever, but like, Right. I just like, feel like now I'm like, we're getting older. Can't we all just say like, Hey, I'm not interested anymore. Like totally like general common courtesy. Yeah. yeah. And especially you don't even, ha- it's not like you have to do it in person. You don't no. even have to be on the phone. Like you can no. send a little Tinder message and it's fine. <laughs> don't yeah, disappear. Like, I don't get it. Okay. We were talking uh, before as well about how we think maybe the last few years of pandemic life, but also even just technology in general, even longer ago than a few years ago has really changed the way that we all interact with each other. And part of what I think is so like anecdotal about 30 year olds talking, like 30 to 40 year olds (laughs) talking about dating this day and age is how like drastically different it is from like our parents or even people who are younger than our parents, like even people who are just 10 or so years older than us. And likewise, people who are 10 or so years younger than us have just completely different expectations and they act very different. Do you try to like date in a certain age range to, to at least (laughs) limit as much weirdness as possible? Does that help at all? Yeah, I do. I I do just like, because I have always joked that I am definitely an old soul and having older siblings too. I always kind of, I remember things like, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know that. And people are like, no, you don't. And I'm like, well, I had an older brother. So like, yeah. I remember hearing that song or watching that show when I wasn't supposed to or whatever. So yeah, I like to kind of, there's like a little range um, up as well as down. Like I have dated some mm-hmm. guys that are younger than me um, and some have been great and some have been not so great where I'm like, yeah, I can tell there is an age difference and stuff. Yeah, because I'm very much of, you know, the mindset of age is just a number or whatever. But in terms of like the way we've experienced the world, I think that's where some of the strangest things come into play. And you were saying when we were first talking about this, that, yeah, that like, you know, people in their early 20s just have a completely different expectation of what they expect out of... uh, Every part of it, one, I mean, just of how you meet someone first, like they're never going to remember a time when there weren't dating apps. And like, we do remember a world without dating apps and we're well, the last of them. <laughs> and it's funny, like you said, like the different generations, like I always laugh that my parents and some of my clients that are on the mature side, they're like, oh, what, why are you on the apps? Like go join a club go meet somebody. And I'm like, there's not just like a ski club that I can go join that like, yeah. you guys did. <laughs> or like, I mean, maybe there is and I'm just missing it. But I always kind of laugh at that. They're like, yeah, there's so much like just putting yourself out there. And I'm like, what? And then yeah, if you talk to somebody younger, they're like, 
oh yeah, you got to be on the apps. You got to be on the apps. Yeah, the yep. apps, the apps, the apps. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I am. Thanks. <laughs> I'm trying. Is there, are, are they any different than each other or like, cause I have virtually no experience with any of that, but are, are any better than others or like that you prefer one over the other? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, I think they're, I mean, of course they're all the same where they're, you know, you're matching up with each other because you saw something that you liked on their profile or you have some similar, um, interests and, uh, you know, algorithm puts you together or whatever. But I honestly think a lot of it comes down to location of things. I think different regions will have different apps that are more popular and then also different types of people will be on different ones. Like I have feel like I've found more success, like on Hinge versus like a Tinder. Bumble, I've been liking, but you have to make the first move as the female and that sometimes stresses me out. <laughs> mm, sure. See, I don't, I don't, I say Tinder because I'm like, that's the something. only one I've heard of <laughs> because it's the one that's like been around the longest, maybe. I, I think know. so. And in terms of an app, probably. Yeah. Cause you know, there's been like eHarmony and that kind of stuff right. forever. Yeah. And, there's like, but... and there's still stuff like that. And there's still things that people, you know, there's other ones that have, you know, worked out for others. It's so funny. Like so many of my friends have met their husbands yeah, or, or wives even and stuff um, mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, like, I didn't really start digging till later. So that's something too. I like to say, like, I haven't been, you know, doing this forever either. I've, you know, was focused on different aspects of my life and career that um, I wasn't like as focused or didn't have the, the time. I know as corny as that is to really. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel that, exactly. So. I feel very much the same way. Even yeah, though I was fortunate enough to organically meet someone. I that it was the last chance for me. I don't know how else it would have happened, which is why, like, I empathize with you so much because I just can't imagine if I was out there. I would not, I would not survive on the dating apps. I would not make it. Though I went on one Tinder date ever, and the one person, it actually was like overall a very positive experience because he was a very nice person. But I am super straightforward and every way. And I pretty much was like, yeah, you're the only person I've ever gone out on a Tinder date with. And you're the only person I intend to go out on a Tinder date with. So like, I'm gonna, I like you and I'm going to date you. And this is how, and he was like, I'm on Tinder to like be on Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I know. So we, but we, we got to have a good adult conversation again, to yeah. your point of just being straightforward of like, we, we had a few good dates together, but ultimately like we were looking for different things at that time. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun journey, but I'm not giving up hope. I mean, I will still hopefully have my meet cute moment. So I believe in it for you, Katie. Don't stop believing in it. I won't. And plus I need to have more stories to tell everyone. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Just like build the arsenal pack them away and then you'll you have them to tell with, you know she writes songs <laughs> i have stories to share exactly <laughs> she'll be using your stories for her lyrics next because she can only have so many personal <laughs> stories right okay katie before we do our rapid fire wrap-up questions Ooh. i want you to tell the good people where they can come to see you if they are in the central illinois area uh, for all of their brow and skincare needs how do, how do we find you Yay. So the best thing right now, of course, is going on to social media. Give me a follow at brow doctor underscore Katie. And I rent space in Aura Salon in the Heights. Um, so you can, you know, call the salon, but I am a single or a solo person. So I always tell people just shoot me a DM and we can get you scheduled and booked. But if you're not local, please follow along. I, like I said, I really love educating. So I like to share things. And so I hope that you can get some good laughs and learn something from my page and myself. And uh, I'm always open to uh, helping and do virtual things too, whether you're in the area or not and can't come in or whatever the case is. So I like to meet new friends. Excellent. Very cool. So we can even just book straight through you on Mm -hmm. through social media. Sweet. Easy enough. Okay, Katie, rapid fire wrap up questions for you here. To finish things up, don't think too much about it. Just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. No, no pressure. (laughs) Easy questions, I promise. Okay. What is your favorite form of self care? Crafting. Crafting. What kind of things do you like to make? (laughs) I have a cricket, and I just love it. I will just make 
random stuff or my sister and best friend, um, they just got married last year. And so I was really busy working on a lot of stuff for their weddings. So it's weird to say that as a self-care moment, but it's very therapeutic. And oh, totally. Yeah. I'm, it's so funny because in the moment I'm like cursing and like swearing half the time. Cause I'm like mad. <laughs> I'm such a perfectionist, but afterwards I'm like, man, that looks so good. And so, so satisfying. it's a weird self-care, but that's my self-care. Okay. Destination that is first on your list to travel to. London. London. I'm going to London in June to watch the Cubs and the Cardinals play. Oh my gosh. I should be going to that. Yeah. Get on it. Get your tickets. Have you been like obsessed with the Royal family and just like London in general, like just the culture or the idea that I have of London and that I like that I can travel abroad, but also be able to speak same language. Yes. Something that you cannot go a day without. Uh, it's going to make me sound crazy. Uh, my iPad, because mm. <laughs> the other day I left it and I didn't have it at work and I just felt like my arm was missing <laughs> <laughs> so much of my business is on there. And then I am a huge TV person. Like I love TV and I will always have something on and playing. So like I take my iPad with me into the bathroom when I'm getting ready. <laughs> plain, so like I'm- I can't go pee without watching something. Okay. <laughs> Not that. No, but so like, I don't know. It's weird. And so, yeah, it just, the other day I didn't have it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not think I was like addicted to it, but yeah, that would probably be my big thing. Right I mean, now. that makes sense. Cause you rely on it for so much so that much. kind of leads into my next question. What is, well, it doesn't have to be a TV show, I guess, but what is like a guilty pleasure that you have? Um, I mean, my guilty pleasure for TV is friends. Like that, that's not like really super guilty, but like, I've just always been a friends fan. Everyone knows that I'm a friends fan. Like it's like not even a fan. It's like an obsession, but guilty pleasure. Yeah. Ooh. Is there something you'd be like kind of embarrassed to admit that you love? Um, well, <laughs> I love matching pajamas. And so <laughs> it's like a joke with my family and my friends. I am always in a matching pajama set. Like you will not see me in just a t-shirt. That just makes me feel like you have your life together. Cause <laughs> every night when I'm like going to bed, I'm like, why do I care? No one's going to see me, but I also totally care. And I feel like, yeah, yeah. I should probably have some matching like, pajamas. It's my, it's my thing. All my pajama sets <laughs> match. I will not grab one top in a different pant. Like it has to be. And so that was always like the joke, like any sleepover or if I stay at someone's house, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I wear matching pajamas. I still want to look good when I'm sleeping. Okay. That's your (laughs) deep, dark secret. (laughs) (laughs) You should put that on your, uh, your hinge profile. (laughs) Okay. You kind of, I guess we talked about a bad first date, but this doesn't necessarily have to be something that happened to you. What would be like a hands down deal breaker on a first date where you would like actually leave the date? Oh, um, I think. I mean, I think a lot of people always say this, but if they're rude to like server, wait staff, whoever, mm-hmm. especially from working in the industry. But I think that just says a lot from the, the person's character. So whether it's they're rude to the service industry people or whatever, or even like their friends, it's just their engagement or their um, encounter with other people Yeah, is a big thing for me because I, I just, I'm a nice person. I like to think of everything as positive. And so if you are negative or mean, I don't think we will ever work out. (laughs) I have like this very broad generalization, but I truly have a hard time believing that there's like ever a reason to be mean or rude to anyone. And I know that like, that's such a, maybe a naive or idealistic thing to say, but I like truly, I will spend like working in customer service and stuff. I've had so many negative interactions like that where, and it just like, I let it get to me a little too much of where I'm just like, there's no reason for it. Yeah. No reason. Yeah. So if you're on a date with somebody <laughs> and they're going to be mean to, yeah, anyone in the scenario, it's like, you've got some stuff that you might need to deal with first yeah. before. Well, just, yeah. Cause then are they going to like turn on you? You know, like there's so many like red flag moments in that, that you're like, yeah, no. And like one of the things that you everyone I think wants in a partner is somebody that they feel comfortable, like bringing around their friends and family. And the last thing you want is someone that you're going to be like, don't say anything rude. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't be a jerk. Right. Can you like be nice to my grandmother. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a concern I'm looking to have not worth it. 
All right, last one. Katie is a as a casual Cubs fan. Sorry, everyone. So if you were walking up to the plate at Wrigley Field, what would your walk-up song be? Ooh. Okay. It would be either I have like a weird obsession with the 500 miles song the yes and so I just feel like I would do like a really cute little like strut up there um or it would have to be like some kind of musical moment because that's all I listen to (laughs) wow the proclaimers or a musical (laughs) that's right up my alley I'll put that on for you anytime you want to come on over to Wrigley Field come on up like how fun Well, Katie, thank you so much for hanging out today, for sharing your expertise, and for letting us learn a little bit more about you. We'll drop your socials in the show notes so everybody can follow along and keep up with you on your skincare and your dance and all your journeys. I love it. Well, thank you so much. 